0: Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom from Jerusalem. This is a TV7 Middle East Review. I am Ambassador Daniel Ayalon. With me, Colonel Reserve and uh, Dr. Iran Lerman, we're going to discuss the last month uh, uh, events which have been very, very intensive. All the way from elections in Israel, we're just uh, um, in the cusp of uh, reviewing the votes, no decision yet. And this is going to be very major on the geopolitics of the Middle East. Are we going to continue with a political void in Jerusalem, which will stalemate the entire political uh, uh, process here in uh, the Middle East, or will we have a clear and focused government with new or renewed uh, policies, whether it's towards the Palestinians, Iran, the Gulf, Abraham Accords, Turkey, Egypt, all over. On top of that, uh, we have seen some uh, new signs uh, from Saudi Arabia uh, suggesting peace or truce with the uh, iranian back Houthis in, uh, in Yemen with a clear wink to the American administration. We also see a very uh, turpidated Erdogan in uh, Turkey, and this can be quite understood with the developments in Iraq, Syria, and of course uh, the United States. The fact that uh, uh, President Biden have not called uh, Erdogan yet uh, makes him very, very uncertain, very, very hesitant, trying to really shore up Alliances here, including uh, making gestures to Israel and Egypt, and also very much um, afraid of the uh, Eastern Basin Middle Eastern alliance, namely Israel, Cyprus, and uh, Greece. We have seen just a new strengthening of these alliances with uh, uh, allowing uh, Israeli tourists to come to both Cyprus and Greece, creating kind of a triangle. Of uh, a clear uh, area. Erdogan is looking uh, at this uh, strengthening triangle and is very much uh, trying to uh, dissuade uh, dissuade uh, Egypt from uh, joining in. Also uh, this month on the 15th of March, it marks the anniversary of 10 years anniversary of the civil war in uh, Syria. Syria is no longer a uh, valid country ramifications are far reached in the region and we're going to uh, discuss after 10 years uh, more than 500 uh, thousand uh, victims and a few million refugees in syrians what has changed what can we expect in the northern front of the middle east what can we expect for israel lebanon and all the uh, protagonists in the area so Iran, we have a full uh, uh, table here. What do you think is the most um, crucial uh, subject to discuss and what is the more affecting um, um, subject to, uh, to our discussion? Well, I think that perhaps the most significant event in March,
0: setting aside for a moment the Israeli elections, which could have momentous uh, implications under certain scenarios, uh, is what did not happen. Sometimes you have to pay attention to what didn't happen. So one uh, event that didn't happen, you already mentioned. There was no phone call from the president of the United States to the leader of the second la- the nation in NATO in terms of its military uh, strength, historically speaking, uh, mainly Turkey. In the midst of an attempt to revive NATO, to rebuild alliances, there's been a guidance, a strategic guidance, by the Biden administration that came out in early March, Mm -hmm. uh, which talks about building back better the world of 1945. But here, at the very core of what used to be America's strategic presence in the region, there's a void. So and, and, and I think you are absolutely right. This is a reason for Erdogan to be increasingly nervous. There's even talk about the administration recognizing the Armenian genocide uh, 106 years uh, later, and uh, and that could have also profound ramifications. And the second event that didn't happen is that there's no breakthrough, no inkling of any progress on the Iranian portfolio. The U.S. Uh, position on the Iranian nuclear deal, uh, there's no indication of any willingness on the Iranian side uh, to do what's necessary to make negotiations possible. The American administration is very slowly considering its options, uh, talking to the Europeans. The French are very firm in their demands from the Iranians. Nothing is happening on this front. And uh, very interestingly, the uh, Israeli government was busy with elections, but the two most important non-government, non-political Israelis namely the president and the chief of staff, went together Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to Paris, Berlin, and Vienna, which is a friend, uh, to talk mainly about this issue, to prepare the ground for a common position. So these are very important uh, uh, Mm non-events in the last month.
1: Yeah, I would say that the the American absence from the Middle East is very, very conspicuous, and especially vis-a-vis Iran. I would say also vis-a-vis the Abraham Accord. We don't see any kind of uh, uh, embrace to to this. Washington is mum and mute when it comes to the uh, Middle East, even when it comes to things which is of their interest, like uh, Saudi, uh, Iranian uh, in in Yemen. Nothing is being discussed. And maybe they are focusing their interest on... uh, there are uh, other uh, arenas, uh, theaters, especially uh, the Far East, China. Uh, we know that uh, they have been uh, cementing their relationship with uh, both Japan and South uh, Korea with a clear uh, indication to warn China. Uh, we see nothing that is coming out of the uh, Washington about the Palestinians. That's quite interesting. But if you were talking about Israeli uh, high-level visits, I think, uh, uh, on top of uh, Chief of Staff uh, uh, Kochavi and President uh, Rivlin's uh, visits in uh, Europe, which I think had mainly to do with the uh, um, ICC uh, decision, we saw also a high-level visit of Gabi Ashkenazi, the Foreign Minister of Israel in Moscow in the wake of a high-level Hezbollah Um, uh, delegation in uh, Moscow, just a day uh, separating the two visits. uh, Hezbollah, of course, is very much tied to the Iranian uh, portfolio. What do you think is the significance of these two visits and the proximity uh, of the two of them? Well, the Iranians are in a dangerous mood. Um, They
0: are moving ahead with uh, essentially accelerating the nuclear project. There's no negotiations. We may face a crisis situation down the road. Israel has been very clear that it will not tolerate uh, the Iranians uh, getting within reach of a military nuclear capability. At the same time, and and, 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 and as I said, there's no breakthrough towards negotiations uh, in uh, in the immediate horizon. At the same time, for the Russian government, the most important asset that they've gained in recent years, going back to what you said about the the 10 years uh, catastrophe in Syria, is uh, the dominance of Russia in Syrian affairs, the way they've now managed also to carve a niche for the Turks in the north and more or less stabilize the the military situation in in Syria on that basis. Here and there they still uh, fight, but, but essentially they have won the war for Syria, and they've built for themselves a reputation. That Everything they've built in Syria could be put at risk if Iran decides to drag Lebanon and Syria into a confrontation with Israel, which could be catastrophic for the Assad regime. This is something that the Russians understand very well. They have a healthy, I use a say, saying, They have a healthy respect for Israeli military capabilities. And therefore, they want to talk. And of course, they have a foreign minister that is also a former chief of staff. They can have a very interesting conversation. And that can uh, they can serve as a channel for Israel to send a warning to our northern neighbors. Don't risk your survival doing Iran's bidding.
1: Now, Iran, an interesting thought. Could it be possible that Israel, maybe even with the aid of uh, Putin, is trying to um, drive a little wedge? between Hezbollah and Iran, because clearly there is some conflict of interest. Iran would very much like to flare up the Israeli northern uh, border. Uh, It's not the interest of Hezbollah. And I think to that end, we saw um, from Jerusalem, whether it was uh, uh, Chief of Staff Kohavi and others, and Gabi Ashkenazi message in Moscow, that if Hezbollah acts up, Lebanon this time will not be spared. There's going to be a total destruction, and we are warning them, and we are giving advance notice to everyone from the ICC to the UN, that this time you know, uh, we cannot uh, uh, hold back, and even at the cost of a lot of uh, uh, civil, uh, civilian uh, casualties, and we see that the Iranians are, would like to push it. Iran, Iran doesn't want any direct confrontation with Israel. So far, they have been uh, pretty much uh, uh, on the disadvantage. Uh, Israel has been uh, always one or two steps ahead of Iran, intelligence-wise, technology, uh, operational uh, capabilities. So Iran, while still holding firm you know, uh, vis-à-vis the Biden administration on the nuclear portfolio... Uh, is trying to kind of agitate and maybe have the the, the Hezbollah, um, you know, acting up, and maybe this is why we saw the Hezbollah in uh, uh, Moscow, Gabi Ashkenazi in Moscow, and I think as you mentioned, it's not Russia's interest to have any uh, increased conflict, so Russia could be also. And I heard it from some sources. I don't know if it's true or not, but it uh, would be interesting to uh, hear your mind. Maybe Russia also is trying to kind of mediate between Iran and Hezbollah, saying, Iran, don't push too much the Hezbollah. It's not the time. It's not our interest. Quiet. Well, of
0: course, Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy, fully owned Iranian proxy. And so are the Houthis in Yemen, also to a somewhat lesser degree.
1: And also Hamas, in a way, Islamic Jihad. Hamas,
0: less so. Hamas Hamas works, I used to say it's a different proposition. Hamas works with the Iranians, whereas Palestinian Islamic Jihad works for the Iranians. Absolutely. Literally a different proposition. But having said so, um, the um, actual existential interests of, first of all, the Assad regime, Putin's client, and indirectly, also Hezbollah in Lebanon, which is in a very complicated situation, uh, because people in Lebanon have not forgotten the direct and indirect responsibility of Hezbollah for the catastrophe in August last year, etc. So the situation there is very delicate, and, and Israel is not interested in fighting Hezbollah for for fight. Uh, for but
1: deterrence. But, the uh, but the we have
0: to deter them, and so an avenue for deterrence could work. In this respect, it's not, I wouldn't talk about mediation. It is basically a very clear messaging because the Russian interest is very specific and very narrow. Uh, they have invested a huge amount in Assad's survival and they understand that certain uh, Iranian behaviors could put their investment at risk. And I would add that regardless of the outcome of the very complicated uh, Israeli uh, election results, uh, there's basically no daylight between whoever may put together the next Israeli coalition government um, and the present uh, set of policies. On this question, there's basically, perhaps with only the far edges of the spectrum,
1: uh, there's no difference. Iran, how much are you uh, disturbed or concerned with the lack of any contacts or any continued pressure by uh, the Americans on Iran as the Iranians continue to advance their nuclear, illegal, nuclear program? How much are you concerned that they may reach to a point, you know, of lulling everybody kind of to sleep until they are poised to make a breakthrough?
0: Well, uh, Israel is definitely determined that this should not happen. Uh, And, uh, of course, it would be preferable, much preferable, for an international coalition to act. And on this, of course, we are closely coordinated with uh, our friends in the Gulf. And um, and the French also listen to them as well as to us. Uh, France is in, uh, um, uh, let's say, in, in alignment with uh, the UAE on a full range of issues, including the Eastern, uh, Eastern Mediterranean uh, equation, the Palestinians, in their folly, blocked the accession of the UAE as observers to the Eastern Mediterranean Gas Forum. But that doesn't make uh, Paris and, uh, and Abu Dhabi any you know, uh, less coordinated. So all of this could work uh, in the direction of an raising international awareness to the fact that the Iranians are pushing forward. And they may need to be stopped, either diplomatically or otherwise. Meanwhile, the economic situation in Iran remains quite uh, troubled, because the American sanctions have not been lifted. There's been some minute gestures, like allowing Iranian diplomats to run around in New York. But there's been no lifting of sanctions. And Biden was very
1: clear. Yeah, but the Iranians, as usual, are masterful uh, at uh, walking uh, on the brink. And I think the next month we will have to watch very clearly whether there is going to be any progress on the uh, Iran nuclear deal and new one renewed uh, Sanctions lifting of sanctions, but negotiations somehow must uh, uh, Start and so far the Iranians do not cave They say we will not go will not step up to the table until you the Americans lift off the sanctions So it seems like a stalemate. It's something that right now may work uh, for the Iranians' um, advantage at this point, I hope that we will not see a caving in and f- folding in of the Biden um, um, policy, and hopefully the uh, Europeans here will prop up, especially uh, Macron and the uh, and and the French. Shifting gear, the Israeli elections, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, we, we still have to uh, wait where mm-hmm. it will take us and how will it affect Israel's uh, foreign uh, policy. But meanwhile, we have seen some kind of uh, hiccups in the relationship between Israel and Gulf countries and and Jordan. The fourth cancellation of uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu to visit uh, Abu Dhabi and uh, and, uh, meet uh, uh, MBZ was raising uh, some, uh, I would say, anger over there. Uh, Also, on the way, we have uh, had some... uh, um, I would say some um, skirmishes uh, with the Jordan and Oman, to, to, to no avail. Uh, so how do you think this will affect the course of the Abraham Accord? Well, I think the, the core uh,
0: perceptions uh, on both sides remain valid. That this is beneficial for Israel, beneficial for the UAE, beneficial for the future of the region, ultimately also beneficial for the Palestinians if they sober up from their fantasies and 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 look at what the uh, benefits could be of of this uh, new relationship between Israel and and uh, the arab world having said so uh, an election season uh, is um, never uh, entirely normal in terms of how people uh, what people's priorities uh, could may be. and i think the prime minister has made uh, let's say Uh, his uh, very overt, his uh, need for some kind of uh, show, visit. And at one point, I think it crossed the threshold. Uh, It became somewhat undignified and and the UAE found a way to walk out of it. I don't know if they put the Jordanians up to delaying the third um, uh, planned visit and then uh, they openly cancelled the fourth Uh, simply in order not to be put into a situation where they become props in an Israeli election uh, uh, show. Having said so, what I really worry about is Jordan. Um, I I hope no serious damage was done. The situation there is unsettled domestically for reasons that have to do with events, the the explosion in the north, the... uh, uh, hospital uh, incident in which people died because of a malfunction and, and there has been trouble in the streets here and there. Uh, for Israel of course the stability and well-being of uh, the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan is of supreme importance. I hope nobody in Israel toys with ideas about uh, replacing the Jordanian not, position not on any, the Temple no. Mount. Because I think it is
1: not anymore. I think that the the idea of uh, Jordan as a Palestinian state is pretty much not only dormant, but it's uh, pushed to the uh, wayside. Nobody wants uh, Iran or um, Shia militias on the Jordan uh, Valley, or facing us in the Jordan uh, uh, River, I also believe that, um, as uh, ugly as it may seem outwardly, these are minor uh, diplomatic incidents. Both uh, with uh, Jordan uh, not allowing uh, uh, Jordanian uh, security uh, uh, men to, um, you know, to accompany the, the the prince, and also, of course, the issue of the fourth cancellation. Uh, on the visit of the uh, Bibi in, uh, in Dubai. But we have a bigger fish there, Saudi Arabia, and uh, we have seen just lately, in the last few days, a um, interesting uh, declaration coming out of uh, uh, Riyadh by Mr. Jubair, a former um, advisor to the king, to the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia, saying that a uh, normalization or peace with Israel cannot come unless there is a Palestinian state and a peace between Israel and uh, and the Palestinians. However, he didn't specify what are the contours of this peace. What do you make out of this uh, announcement?
0: Well, it's an interesting uh, the Saudis are positioning themselves perhaps to be of help in putting together an Israeli-Palestinian process down the road which will, first of all, uh, make them much more um, important from an American perspective. Everybody's uh, sort of uh, winking and nodding in the direction of the Biden administration. You're, you're absolutely right, they're busy with the corona uh, vaccination campaign, which is going well, by the way,
1: from what I hear. More than 100 million vaccinated in mm-hmm. less than 100 days. That's impressive. Biden made good on his promise. True enough, and he's also consolidating the cord
0: uh, there was a, a, com- a joint article of the prime ministers of Japan, Australia, India, and the United States, and the president of the United States. It's a highly unusual move, consolidating it. So uh, we the Middle East, uh, as such, is very low right now on the list of priorities. But if the Saudis can position themselves to be of help in putting together a, a process uh, after an Israeli government's emerges from the current uh, semi-chaotic situation. Um, this could be useful. Now, the 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 uh, Emiratis and the Bahrainis have openly supported the Trump peace to prosperity plan. The Saudis, uh, um, I believe, also looked um, favorably on it, although they were less uh, explicit. Mm-hmm. This is a, a real workable alternative to the what i call the ekp the everybody knows paradigm that assumes a return to the 67 lines plus minus that's not going to work there's no israeli uh, support for it uh, beyond the marginal forces in in the uh, in the knesset yeah
1: absolutely so the arab approach as is significantly uh, let's say uh, shown by the the saudis it's much more realistic than it was in 2002 when uh, the Saudi peace plan then turned into the uh, Arab League peace plan, was trying to push Israel all the way to 67 borders, Uh, uh, refugees issues coming to uh, uh, Israel, and of course, uh, East Jerusalem is uh, the capital of uh, Palestine. No talks about that. And again, it shows the deterioration of the Palestinian uh, issue uh, on the world's uh, agenda. And if we go back to Saudi Arabia, the uh, gesture that they made Uh, towards the Houthis, calling for truce, Uh, maybe is also, in a way, uh, binding um, Iran or locking it into some kind of uh, uncomfortable uh, political position, and at the same time, winking at Washington, D.C., especially uh, MBS, as he's still trying to get out of being on... uh, on the ropes with the, the, the murder of Khashoggi. Uh, so maybe this is more an a, um, approach to uh, uh, Washington than to Tehran. Well, the Saudis
0: uh, basically did an, int- an interesting thing. They asked the Biden administration, by, by making this offer to the Houthis, they, they were asking the Biden administration, did you move on, the, on the Yemen because there's a humanitarian crisis? In which case, we will work with you, and let's see if we can get Yemen out of its present misery. Or was this a gesture to Iran? Because in that case, of course, uh, you have already had an answer, because the Iranians are instigating more and more attacks. Mm -hmm. So basically, uh, once they have a clear answer to this question, they can try to take this weapon out of Iran's Hands and in the same way as we discussed earlier about Hezbollah the idea is to dissuade iran's proxies from doing stupid things destructive things on in the service of a regime in the uh, turbulent time that lies ahead
1: well a lot of moving parts what is uh else is new in the Middle East, will continue to be very much engaged in all these developments, which uh, some of them are of great, great significance, not just to the well-being and stability and security of the region, but much, much beyond. So um, looking at next uh, month, when we meet here again for the TV7 Middle East Review, it will be interesting to see that uh, by that time, whether there will be a phone call from Washington, to uh, Erdogan, to, uh, to Ankara, and how will, if this uh, indeed uh, takes place, this call, what it will entail? It seems like the Americans are still very, very mad at Erdogan for going and buying the S-400 um, anti, uh, anti-air missiles uh, from from Russia. The refugee issues, and of course the, the, the support uh, of, uh, or, or going after the Kurds. What do we expect on that and how it will affect Turkey relations with Israel, Egypt, and of course, uh, Greece and Cyprus?
0: I think generally uh, Erdogan now has to rethink his ambition to become the leader of the Islamist forces in the region. This is not going to work. And his courtship of Egypt, or even of Israel, indicates an understanding that uh, he has reached beyond. Uh, the capacity of Turkey to bear the traffic. Of course, this is going to be in April one of the most interesting things to watch. I doubt if we'll have much more on the Iranian front until after the Iranian presidential elections.
1: We can can hardly wait. Well, as always, Iran, a lot of moving parts here in the region, uh, a lot of significant uh, changes and developments which will continue to uh, affect stabilization, security, uh, prosperity here in the Middle East and, and beyond. I believe that the things that we need to look at, as we mentioned, the relationship between Ankara and Washington, because this will affect also the relations with Israel, with Egypt, with the Greece. Of course, Saudi's relationship with Washington and how will that affect the uh, um, war on the ground with the, with the Houthis and elections in Israel. Will we have a government or not? This will affect uh, the entire uh, Middle East I want to thank you, Iran. I want to thank our viewers, and we'll see you again here next uh, month in the TV7 Middle East Review.
0: Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com
1: or follow us on social media.